This is Thomas DePolo. This is Max. This is Kevin Ham. Hey, this is Jake Cook. Hi, this is William Roy. You're listening to The Green Box. recently played in a game of Godlike, where it's an RPG where you play like gritty, super-powered people in World War II, and one of the things that came up was a pretty solid briefing at the beginning, kind of between the uh, person running it and all of us players, kind of talking about like chain of command and things, and I thought it was a really interesting way to phrase it, and I thought there were some pretty salient points there. Um, the main one being you know, you have to separate. So in, in in this game of God, like one of the player characters is like the sergeant or the lieutenant and they're, they're in charge. And in real world, they're the ones giving the orders, you know. Tom and Max go around the farmhouse. Will, you're going to stay here with the mortar, whatever. Uh, Kevin, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Jod-like. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but like, it's not fun as a player to just, unless you really into that, it's not fun as a player to just, wait for someone to make orders follow bark orders at you and then and then do them uh especially if they're not like super qualified to do it and like not making like the real best decisions um and the nuance was like the player the player playing the, the lieutenant in character should be given the orders but out of character should be involving everyone in the discussion which i thought was a really succinct way to summarize like a lot of the feelings they have on like any kind of rank structure or order giving structure or authority structure you know in role playing so one thing that i will do very often in an rpg is if i feel like someone at the table has a special ability that can be useful in a given scenario i'll say to them like hey do you want to use your warp sense or your search for warmth or whatever to see if there are any life forms on this ship because i think that even even people who um know a lot more about a game system than I do, will not always remember which of their capabilities are most useful in a given scenario. And similarly, I'm happy to be reminded if I have a special ability that's useful that I've just forgotten, especially if someone else knows the game system better than I do. Because one one thing was that when we played Rogue Trader, the captain of the ship was also pretty much the only person among the player characters who had any mechanical knowledge of ship-to-ship combat. I was the captain. Yeah, and that was cool because it was a case where I was happy to defer to Will on pretty much everything involving boarding actions and cannons and so on, because it was a very rich, involved game that followed a different set of rules from the ones that we'd been using up to that point. One thing that I tried very hard to do in that game was um, the... The, the Jean-Luc Picard School of Command, which is instead of barking orders, you bring everybody into the the briefing room, you sit everybody down, you say, all right, recap, what's the situation, what's the problem, go around the table, discuss options, and then we all agree on, on the course of action we're going to take, and then we leave and we do it. Yeah. We can't violate the Prime Directive. We're going to violate the Prime Directive. It's a Prime Directive episode. Yeah, I think that's a good structure most of the time, because it effectively means that the whole group gets to participate even if one person is ostensibly in charge. Right. And, uh, Will, uh, you also mentioned a case where you did that format but with an NPC captain, and I think in the Star Trek Adventures playtest we played, you actually did it that way. Yeah. 
I did exactly the same thing that I just described, except the uh, the captain, as you say, was an NPC, and uh, disagreements in how to proceed were treated as uh, skill challenges between the the, the officers. And yes, crew. you know how we could even ratchet that up even further. The captain is a Tellerite and believes that whoever is the best at arguing is correct. Uh. So that is how they resolve all questions about what to do next, is they have that type of discussion. So I'm curious if you think the Road Trader game uh, was a good example. Would that, would that have gone as well as it did if the least knowledgeable person, as, like systems person, was the captain? And you, like Will, so say, say you were like the lowest ranking guy on the ship. Would you have felt comfortable kind of telling the other players like how to do things or would that have been more difficult because you weren't because your character wasn't in the leadership position um well this is an easy thought experiment for me to participate in because i did actually play a rogue trader game in which the person who was ostensibly in charge was the least not only the least knowledgeable about how the game mechanics work but uh also was playing a bit of a tyrannical megalomaniac and that was not conducive (laughs) to party cooperation at all so yeah it that, it is kind of difficult to do that um when there's a character who has in universe authority to say ignore that guy do what i say that's a little bit awkward all right so let, so what in let's turn let's turn it into a hypothetical rather than a real world example how could that have been what would have made that better what what could have been done to make it more 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 good more, more gooder um the trouble with that is because of the way that Rogue Trader is set up and loaded with um, assumptions and lore is that the only way to really go over the head of the, of the, the Lord Captain is effectively to stage a mutiny <laughs> and just, just ignore the guy playing Lord Captain and then he'll actually have... there's there's one other way there's one other way get his warrant of trade yeah which is why they don't typically keep it on the ship yes if everyone's on board to run that as a little more comic one thing you could do is mix in your good ideas with just unrepentant ass-kissing of the guy in charge. And so maybe you can roll whatever technical skills related to it, or you just roll your persuade or etiquette or whatever. Hey, that's really good. I like that. I also, uh, I'm playing in another Jad-like game uh, <laughs> where I, a lot of the times I'll have to say something like, okay, Kevin knows this is like good tradecraft, but my character, who's basically a a thief that got pulled out of prison to join the OSS. It doesn't have a lot of tradecraft. He's got like one. So a lot of times I'll have to say to the, to the party out of context here, look, this is Kevin thinks this is bad. This is a good tradecraft or bad tradecraft or whatever, but it, my, I'm not sure where my character stands. What do we think? You know, does this make sense for someone whose ability or for the, in the time period, you know, like I know for, in one section I was talking about trying to radio direction find, and we kind of had to step back and be like, talk to the GM, be like, what, at at this point in, in the war, what actually is that capability? You know, because like, I know how it works now, but like back then, you need like a truck. But I think stepping back and, and kind of putting a more fine line between out of character, okay, discuss the things, figure out what's going on, and in character, because uh, like look at like a typical the the Picard school of thought is solid, but look at like a typical Delta Green operation. You don't necessarily have the time in universe to put everyone in a conference room and, like, figure it out. But out of character, you can take all the time you want. Right. You might have a few minutes to quickly talk it over. Um, but, yeah, you don't have – you often don't have the luxury of being able to sit down and hash it all out yeah. and then agree on a course of action. Although, you know, if at all possible, I, I think I think you should – you'd always try to do that anyway. We've talked about adding time pressure, but it, assuming you're – assuming in the scenario you're not trying to add time pressure, you're trying to get them to a 
to a, a you know a consensus, it's okay to be like, yeah, in character, the cops are you know the the cultists will finish the ritual in five minutes. But you guys are professionals. You've already you've had a chance to talk about this. So out of character, form a decision, and then you know, move forward. You know that's fine. Again, assuming you're not trying to add on time pressure, you know, arbitrarily do it, or you're not in the, you're not in one of the melon bread hell, you know, planning planning circles that never ends. Well, so listen, this I because I I th- this is the one case where I am sympathetic to players taking longer than they should on things, cases where their characters would actually have a pretty good idea what to do, but they out of character don't have that yeah. level of knowledge. So I'm thim- I'm sympathetic. <laughs> He said the word wrong. I am sympathetic to players taking longer than they should, quote-unquote, should, to reach a decision on something if it's a case where their characters have an excuse to know things, but they, as players, need to simulate that with discussion. Because, like, a group of special forces operators, typically in a tactical situation one of the reasons why they're like the ultimate elite badasses is that they don't necessarily need constant direction from an officer to do things. They know how to react in certain situations. And here's the key. They have worked together long enough that they know how each other will react and can count on each other doing certain things in a, in a, a fight. So they don't need to constantly be arguing and discussing, but it's pretty rare that players and their player characters are going to have that level of rapport in like real life. You you can sort of simulate it because like there's characters who's like okay I know this guy's gonna do an arcane blast and and you know deal four d10 damage so I can count on that enemy being removed from play but typically you're not gonna have that in an RPG so having a little bit of discussion out of character is fine to simulate that level of coordination which would realistically exist among those people. Right, I I agree. That's a good. That is that is another example of abstraction to sidestep a lack of uh, familiarity or out-of-character knowledge. And I know we're talking, we started talking about the chain of command and, you know, road trader and captains, but I think you can run into a similar situation in Delta Green when you have, like, one one FBI guy and then a bunch of, like, essentially friendlies. A lot, a lot of times folks will look to the FBI guy to make all the investigative decisions. Um, which, if it works, it works. But if it doesn't work, this, you know, this may be a, the place to fall back on it. Because his you know, in the party, you may have like a criminal who has a good idea, but he can't. He can't make the FBI do anything. You know, so again, it's one of the things that has to be kind of discussed. You know, workshopped as a as a group of players, and then implemented as a group of player characters in the way that makes sense. Um, another interesting way to get around this is don't is make all the player characters the same rank. Have them be a group of sergeants or a group of you know corporals. And then all of the higher people are NPCs, so then they can bitch about you know shitty command decisions all they want. Just you like know, in real life, people. Yeah, exactly. Or the people up high can give them, you know, a wide authority to do whatever they want, and then they're all, you know, they're all a team of the same level, and they don't need to worry about it as much. And that'll work. Again, that also works in Delta Green with like, okay, you're all FBI field agents. You know, solve this crime. You know, solve this mystery. Who's in charge? You're all field agents. Figure it out. You know. You feel in charge. For you, he said the thing. <laughs> I said eight thing. Any other uh, workarounds or tips? Um, I mentioned special forces, elite shoot shoot people. Uh, the other option 
is just to do that, to have the player characters be a group of scouts or partisans or guerrillas or elite badasses who don't necessarily always operate on a strict chain of command. Like, those people will have an officer, typically, who makes decisions, but more often than not, they don't need that because they are very well-trained, experienced, and motivated, so they know what it is they're supposed to be doing in a given scenario. Mm-hmm. Like and that. The main thing is that you just can't do that all the time because you'll have situations like a rogue trader ship or like a more regular military unit. It just occurred to me that um, Eclipse Phase, uh, the, the the assumed firewall campaign, kind of neatly sidesteps the problem of chain of command because all, while it is framed in a similar way to, to Delta Green uh, in terms of themes and overall structure, uh, Firewall is by design a non-hierarchical organization. Everybody is of equal rank. I think that it is ostensibly a non-hierarchical organization. Yes, ostensibly. But like in any social group, there are some people who are listened to more than others. More equal than others. Well, so they have have that, and then they also have... um, This is partly just a result of Splatbook bloat, that they got all these secret conspiracies within the organization that's like, no, this is the real firewall. No, this is the real firewall. It's the Spider-Man meme. Yeah, exactly. But it's like like layers and layers of, of, of hidden plots within plots that elevated certain characters to like DMPC status in the setting. This actually was what I was thinking about when Kevin brought up just having everybody be the same rank. I was thinking you could have a group where all the player characters are of a similar rank or different ranks, but the rank within the the formal structure matters less than your field experience or your social cachet and how that might kind of impact how players interact with each other. Like I'm kind of have this idea in my head of everybody is the same rank, but one guy used to be much higher up and then he got demoted for some reason. So now he's uh, slumming it with everybody else. And at the same time, you have a character who suddenly shot up from a much lower rank and that's technically everybody's on the same level but surely there's got to be some tension there between those two guys yeah i can see that I can see that um something i was thinking of because i i went on a little rant about it earlier on tiktok i don't want to talk about it um, sorry what well we'll talk maybe we'll talk about the after show this third life crisis i'm going through um but playing to lift right if you're if the, if if you're the commander of if you're the if your player if your character is so that again playing to lift right if your character is in charge of this band of of soldiers but your character is is an asshole incompetent leader and you, you can tell the people look I want that played up then the whole team gets to role play like behind your back like the fucking guy he's an idiot you know we gotta we gotta frag him or you know we can't frag him he's you know he's the president's son or whatever but we kind of can't make let him make decisions so then they're not working against each other they're they're working with you to kind of lift your character up as lift up that negative trait of of your of your commanding character uh and you're all still working at it as a team so you can kind of turn it around like that it's yeah it's it's okay to have that sort of interparty tension if everybody is on the same page about it and like if everybody yeah. agrees like this this is going to be a, this is going to be a running theme throughout the game because I always have problems when describing plane to lift. It's easy to it's easy to pick a positive concept about a character. He's so strong. He's so smart. You know, he's so fast. Whatever. But it's it's usually harder to come up with a good like negative example. Maybe like a bad leader. This is the right example. So I'll use that from now on. And we'll bring the green box full circle to like episode full circle. two. 
<laughs> or one. <laughs> that was a while ago we did that one, yeah. I'm just glad nobody's made the joke about the game where you lift weights. I, I think we did make that joke. I mean, th- this time. I mean, I can always add it back in. <laughs> just go get, go get the exact same one. Dole in the background saying something. No, I think this is this is good. Um, I This is one that I think this episode originally got trashed because of my fucked up audio or something. And so we're hitting a lot of the same discussion points that I remember from the original, but that's fine. Uh, as long as we um, we need to double check to make sure we don't we don't do another double topic. Oh um, oh shit, guys! My audacity's not running. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make sure it is actually running. Yeah, it is actually running. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one who compulsively checked just then. <laughs> um. So anything else you want to say about you know role structures and, and things and words hard? Words words hard. Well, I, I would just reiterate, um, to, to, to circle back to the Picard style of command, that once well, once everybody has agreed on a course of action, um, that is, like, nobody nobody goes back on it. And that is probably what's most key to having that kind of decision-making process, you know, with or without a chain of command, um, is that once once everybody is agreed, nobody then tries to, to, to circle back and... and, and start the discussion again because they didn't like the outcome. Right. No, this is this is a, a real issue, um, both in terms of, like, keeping the planning cycle going indefinitely, but also because I think we've all been in a situation where, like, someone, rather than stick to the plan, just attacked or did something at the last second that completely torpedoed everything but else. But I would draw a distinction between that and between, um, what's, what's the expression, no, no plan survives contact with the enemy? No plan survives first contact with yeah. the enemy. So I would draw a distinction between that that I've just outlined and having a plan that suddenly becomes no longer valid because of something you didn't know about and having to improvise. That's different. Uh, and, and I think people should feel free to, to improvise if a core assumption of the plan suddenly turns out to be false or misleading or dangerous. Like, don't stick to the plan just because it's what you agreed on, even if it's going to get you killed, right? Yeah. That that may appear to be like a similar kind of a difficult kind of thing to distinguish between, but I would I would encourage people to to one stick to what's agreed to, and then two improvise if it's clearly not going to work, which I guess is less a chain of command thing and more just a planning thing. Right, just good good game sense. All right, good good game sense. Yeah, good good planning. Pla- failing to plan is planning to fail. <laughs> <laughs>